Hi, it's George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history of documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Well, yes, we incorporate you listeners into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right. No money. But all we ask is that you like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you found this show. And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend, get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys. Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 82, Cyberpunk 2077, with me, George, and as always joined by Bobby, Johnny Silverhands, to my Billy Brassfingers. How's it going? <laughs> good. Good, good. So let's uh, welcome in the new and the loyal listeners by giving them a quick rundown of how the show's going to go, Bobby, because we've got plenty to crack in this week. So starting off... We've got some news in there. I've got some Star Wars Stroke Metal Gear news, which should keep you uh, excited. Then we've got the feature, a behind-the-scenes deep dive on the creation of Cyberpunk 2077, plus some little tidbits in there that should get you started in the game coming out this week, if you get in this podcast early doors. If not, you're probably on your way home from the shops with it in your pocket, and you're desperate to know a little bit more. So let's serenade your ears as you journey to and from the shop. Once that's done, the new release highlights, Bobby. That's the man, the myth, the legend, Stingray arrives, and me and you pick through this week's new release highlights for all formats, including the Commodore 64. Maybe not the Commodore 64. And then the show ends. (laughs) The show can only end when I ask you what you're hoping to play for this gaming week. But the show, Bobby, literally cannot begin until Aldous grips his wheel He's finished his Thanksgiving meal. In fact, he's gripping the crossbar of his bike because he needs to burn off the Thanksgiving calories. So grip those handlebars tight, young odders. As I ask Bobby, Bobby, what you been playing? Just Assassin's Creed, Bahala mostly. Are you um, enjoying that? I, I am. I don't think it's as good as Odyssey as of right now, but I'm still enjoying it. But um, 60 hours in, well, I'm total almost 80 hours in now. But the 60-hour mark, 65-hour mark, I played um, Bug Snack for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know, like it's uh, people said it's like Pokemon because you have to catch, you know, these bugs instead of catching the creatures. Yeah. So it's first-person, you know, cute, cute drawn, cute designed game. 
with the story about missing um the missing founder of this little land that she's trying to create so you're trying to rescue all the other you know bug snack leaders and bring them back to the town it's, it's okay nothing you know nothing too uh too hard it, it, it doesn't sound it's like for children for sure okay it doesn't but sound it was like free call your cup yeah. of tea no but it was free and i figured i had enough to play and i okay. figured it's it's small enough to to go in and out and not be just distracted with something else hmm. okay is that it is that you resting your gaming prowess for the week yeah, that's pretty much all i've done i've done 80 hours in Valhalla, and i just uh did the vegan the vegan uh, storyline oh uh, yeah so that's where i am and that's a lot of hours in and i haven't even bit the main story yet well i'm at the same main story as you i think where you help the two brothers yeah the no. two brothers you're no. not helping the brothers i've did that already oh you've done that i've mm-hmm. i've just finished that too i quite like the one that's got the comb over he's funny isn't he <laughs> you know <laughs> he's absolutely brutal you know um, what it is but he's funny if you watch the tv show vikings mm-hmm. you no, kind of have it. you kind of have these people and their images and their acting in their head so when you see it on like on somebody else's imagination, yeah, it's like oh, you know, you want it to look like something else in your mind. But I think they did, they did a good job. The only thing I'm a little disappointed at is how they did the Norse gods, because in God of War they look amazing, and here they just look like, you know, regular they couldn't. People. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it looks. I'll say that I'm into the point where I've been to. Asgard and mm-hmm. the Rainbow Road or the, mm-hmm. the the Star Bridge or whatever it's called looks very Marvel and the characters kind of look like watered down God of War characters mm-hmm. in my opinion and the rest of it I, I think I mentioned in the Discord maybe it was in a private chat between me and you prep for the show but Valhalla's okay like there's times where I'm enjoying it there's times where I'm just going through the motions just collecting stuff like a platform game from 1999 you know go here pick this up go there pick that up collect all the feathers blah 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 normal Assassin's Creed stuff and yeah yeah it, it might just be me but Red Dead Redemption 2 feels like a world that's lived in the NPCs feel like real people it feels I know that's me getting a little bit sort of rose-tinted, but the people feel like they inhabit that world when you're not there. Assassin's Creed Valhalla feels like one of those rides at Disneyland where you go through on a boat or a car and watch all these sort of animatronic presidents tell you how great things are. Like, the world is dead behind the eyes. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic at times. You know, I'm climbing a wall and thinking, my goodness gracious me, the texture they found for a decrepit old broken down Roman wall with a light tinting off it looks real life. Yeah, even then you in, jump uh... up, turn around, and there's a a man chopping a log that never actually breaks, and he's chopping the same log for literally six days if you watch him. I know. Morning, noon, and I, night. It's It's almost the same thing as like, Red Dead Redemption 2, as far as the people doing the same thing. But like you see that piece of wood break. You see mm. him pick up the wood and put it into a cart. Yes. And then he actually takes the cart and goes somewhere else. Yeah, he might dump, you know, the same six pieces of wood 
over and over again. Yeah. Well, it looks like he's doing the actual work rather it than does. just striking something that just has to be striked. Yes. Because he's programmed to strike it. Exactly. That's my point. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel uh, alive. Yeah. I'll tell you the bit I did as well is I fought at the end of the Two Brothers storyline. You fight a guy or towards the end of that storyline. You fight a guy that seemingly had a magic sword. Mm-hmm. A sword that could pull my stamina down as and mm-hmm. when it pleased. And I did find that a little bit fourth wall breaking. I was thinking to myself, well, no, we use the animus to use the DNA to travel back in time to see my forebears. And I'm pretty confident, unless this was one of the ancient one's weapons, which has never been alluded to, one mm-hmm. of the precursors that created the world as we know it in the Assassin's Creed lore, then that could be explained. But it's not. So yeah. now I'm meant to believe there's magic because that fits with Viking Asgard storylines. No, not for me. Tell you what else I've been playing. Mars Morales. Brilliant game. Yeah. Just going around, hoovering up the last bits now before we do the last mission, which I think is next on the table. So we're at maybe like 87% completion. So just oh, wow, that nice. last last bit to do and a new game plus. There's a couple of trophies that I'm a little bit disappointed I haven't dropped because I'm, well, I'm obviously wrong, but I was pretty confident that we'd done the set things. And then looking through the trophy list, there was a couple of missable story trophies that, which we can hoover up on a new game plus, which you need to finish to get the platinum anyway. So that's that's absolutely fine. One other thing I want to touch on before I get uh, we get into the news, Bobby, and we will be as, as quick as we can because I know everyone's slathering. They're like, no, 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 I came here for Cyberpunk. I don't even care about you. That's fine, listener. That's absolutely fine. And we'll reward you with an absolutely unofficial controller Cyberpunk 2077 special. So just calm down. Calm down. Astrobot VR. Off the back of loving the PS5 packing title that comes with every PS5, mm-hmm. which I'm still playing, by the way, and loving, even though I've platinumed it, I don't care. I'll still go in and walk around the world. I set up the VR, which initially caused me a few issues on the PS5, but once I'd got it all rocking and rolling, it was uh, happy days. That VR game is an absolute joy everything about the ps5 one that you love imagine it just in in 3d with levels that wrap around your head and you control this little guy up and around and above and over the top of you and into the level and you duck your head down and the baddies are the same the gameplay is the same i implore anyone who hasn't played this and i know i'm late to the party i know i'm late to the party but let me tell you with PSVRs going so cheap on the second-hand market now, it's almost worth the money alone, I would say. There's a few system sellers, in my opinion. Blood and Truth, No Man's Sky, and this Astrobot. Like, I know I'm late to the party, but let me tell you, if you enjoyed the PS5 offering, you it's not even as good a game as this VR one. Like, yes, you missed the dual shock. It did feel like I was just holding a piece of plastic now without all the rumbles and the other bits and bobs. And there was a distinct lack of vibration at all from the pad. I don't know whether that's because I was playing it backwards compatibility through the PS5 or whether the PS4 just never had the rumble features in Astro Bot. I've yet to work out what this 
which way round it is or whether I need to enable Rumble or not. I don't know. And to be honest with you, I don't care because it's such a charming little world. And you kind of like feel protective over him when he's sort of precariously walking on this thin rope above you. You're like, oh, come on, fella. You know, and you see these little things happen. (laughs) And I was laughing to myself and peering down into these worlds. Absolute joy, Bobby. An absolute joy to behold. Other than that, I love if they made a if they made a full feature game for that. Oh, it was just so cool, really. And the character and the and the other um, little astrobots that you see, they're so charming that mm-hmm. I never thought that it could be that good. But as soon as I started playing it, I was thinking to myself, "This is exactly what the doctor ordered." You know, it's this probably is the beautiful. tightest controls of a game I played recent. That I could think of. And they still exist in the VR version. So when you're hovering him around, trying to get him to land on certain sort of in the distance as well, the 3D helps because you can see the platform. So you can actually get him onto it. Whereas I think on the 2D screen, when you're propelling him to a, an area that's just out of reach, you don't quite know the distance involved. You know, you mm-hmm. haven't got your stereoscopic vision. So sometimes you miss in any 3D platform, you miss a... Um, a platform because it, you just can't gauge you can't gauge the distance per se, yeah. but in the VR world you can. One question I've got for you is: uh, I went back on the PS5 version, had a little um, rummage through the time trials. Mm-hmm. The beach level. When you set your time trial level on that one, mm-hmm. did you go and follow it round ever so sweetly, or did you run jump on the? Um, parasol and then skip out the first third of the speed run or did you do it the traditional way and jumped on every platform you meant to jump on okay i I guess in the beginning i didn't catch that because my time is not the fastest on that level but if i if there's a shortcut i took it for sure for everything right okay because someone just beat my score i like that too i was playing valhalla yeah i got a little notification bing it said your friend, your friend Tyler. Beat I was going to say because I was like, "That's so cool." I tell you, one person who didn't beat your score, and that Ooh. was me. <laughs> again and again and again, hit restart. And that little music, I could feel the anxiety building in my chest. And that music's like it's quite patronizing if you let it get to you. It's like, oh, restart, and then it's like, bip, 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 bip. It's like oh, someone's going to get smashed. Like the electricity level, that part we had the lightning. I haven't. I've only had the one go on the beach level, and that was enough to boil my urine to the point of. Yeah, that uh, was fun. But was it? there's definitely a lot of shortcuts in there. If you like, as you keep playing it, you'll notice. Oh, I don't have to do that. I can just go over there. Yes. And that's how all the speedrunners do anyway. So they'll figure it out. Well, I saw a speedrunner do the level that I um I attempted the beach one. It's sick, but- right? The skill set of a, the, you know, you watch a video and you think, oh, that's easy. And mm-hmm. then you go and try and execute it yourself and you're like, mm, no, that's actually harder than doing it the traditional way. Yes. Uh, fair play. Are, are not their own breed. <laughs> they certainly are a breed they to are. themselves. Well, that's probably drawn quite eloquently a line under the uh, what we've been playing. So it's time for the news, Bobby. We've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, are you going to go out the gates this week, Bobby? Is it your I'll turn it. first in the trap? We got Metal Gear P.O.E. Poe. You're obviously not a Star Wars fan. I should know oh. this. No. 
<laughs> no. I thought it was Just like no. something like personal, some kind of secret that I was going to read into. I'm, I'm sadly not. No, it was a, a combination of whoever wrote the news this week, Bobby, consider them sacked. <laughs> okay. Behind the scenes. Metal Gear. Oh. Yes. Uh, this is the first time we spoke about Metal Gear Solid movie. Someone is supposed to be uh, making, which should tell you all you need to know about the project. Essentially, it is in the very same position as 2021 Uncharted big screen adaptation, which uh, was in a, f- a few years back. However, there appears to have been a big breakthrough. As Deadline reports, the project has been picked up. Uh, Oscar Isaac as Solid Snake. I did see this. The Star Wars actor will join Jordan Roberts as the film begins uh, production at Sony Pictures. This adaptation is said to be based on the 1998 original game from the PS1 era with Derek Connolly writing the script. Previous work includes Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, A.V. Arad has signed up as producer. Do you think this movie project will see the light of day? Want to let us know on our free Discord channel. Yeah, listeners. I was excited for this. I forgot what um, Instagram artist I follow. He did like a little rendering. Oh, well, the, the director actually, from my research that I've done, the director actually employed him to do that artwork mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get people excited and it, no, it seems looks, bro, it looked it, it looked looks legit good. didn't it it looked like I, I thought it was a scene from the movie <laughs> like, it looks fantastic I, I mean i don't know obviously he's a good actor dude he's a good actor he is really good i mean he was he was totally sidelined in star wars they could have done a lot more they could have done a lot more with Ray, Poe, and Finn, in my opinion, that would have made it a stronger film. But they never got the screen time together, and it ended up just being a complete, just hogwash. If you disagree, all they needed was money. All they wanted, and they was made money. money. They, and that's all they had to do. Yeah, but it seems to me like they they made money the one time, and and now they don't really care. And Star Wars, no, yeah. they used they used Star Wars name to make money for other projects, and that's it. Yeah, literally. Unbelievable. Uh, so I, I don't really want to talk about that anymore. I don't want to give them the... Uh, well, no, it's not Disney. I don't want to give Star Wars the airtime. But maybe... I don't know what I think about this. The Uncharted's like the footage I've seen, uh, sneak, you know, the, the little scenes and pictures and bits and bobs we've seen of the Uncharted. I'm kind of like, mm, maybe that could be okay. Maybe it's just best left as a game. The same for this, really. Now, let's not forget Hideo Kojima, the creator of metal gear he went into video games because he wanted to be a film director but couldn't get the break he needed so Mm -hmm. therefore he made games as close to films as he could do depending on the technology of the era if you're making a metal gear solid movie not having him signed up week one day one to be involved and cast his eye over his creation i think is is scandalous and if i was jordan voigt roberts the first call I'll be making would be to Kojima-san to say, mm-hmm. listen, I might be the on-paper director of this film, but trust me, brother, come down, the sets are yours, the direction is yours, the helm of this film is yours. If I know anything about this franchise, says Mr. Jordan Voigt-Roberts, in my imagination, let's not forget this is me role-playing here, but you would let him take complete ownership of this. Like, yeah. why not? What have you got to lose? Um, My only thing with video game movies is that I don't know why they they seem to have to, like, implement gameplay 
into the movie. Mm. Like the Tomb Raider movie, the, the most recent one. You know, it was okay. It wasn't like, oh my God, I went for the sequel. It was decent. But they had to do certain things that <clears throat> you saw in the game. <clears throat> which I thought was like just annoying. Just well, they did it in the Angelina Jolie ones, didn't they? They had yeah, it with those two were pistols. Just horrible, bro. Like, even He-Man. A simple, all you had to do is make a simple live-action He-Man. Why do you have to make it based in bring them to the future of 1980 New York City? What was the point of that? Retrospectively, so it adds to its kitsch. <laughs> anyway. I, I have a good feeling about this, because I don't know. Well, My only thing is, with the Uncharted film, I think they really dropped the ball because that Sully character, mm-hmm. I've always envisioned him in my mind as Bruce Campbell. So when I saw Mark Wahlberg, I'm like, Mark Wahlberg's too, too good looking of a dude. I don't know. To me, Sully, Sully is a good looking guy. He's no, just... he is. He is. I just think more like a Bruce Campbell type character, even in the beginning of the, even in the first game, how they talk with each other. Yeah. I always thought, oh man, Bruce Campbell would nail this role. Well, we'll find out, won't we? We'll find out. Next bit of news. Strike. Not one, two, three, four, Bobby. Strike five. Mm -hmm. According to an unlisted uh, Atlas YouTube video, Persona 5 Strikers, the Dynasty Warriors-style entry in the Persona franchise, is getting a Western release on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PC next year on 23rd of February. So when is Atlas planning on sharing this news? According to a teaser over on Twitter, all will be revealed next week. The official Atlas West at Atlas underscore West on Twitter said, our communications have been intercepted by the Phantom Thieves. All will be revealed December 8th. A Western version of Persona 5 Strikers has been hinted at thanks to the appearance of an English language version on the sites of several Asia-based online retailers. Are you any... Some, uh, I, I've never checked in with you on this. I doubt it, Bobby, somehow. I doubt it because it's turn-based. But to your opinion on Persona... I have no idea. It's dead to you. I've never played it. What about this Dynasty Warriors style version of it? Would that tempt you in? I did. I did play those on PS2. I thought they were great. Yeah. Um, remember that game Troy? It was kind of like a Dynasty Warriors style yeah. gameplay, but with like the ancient gods with Achilles and everything. Yeah. I loved those games, bro. I thought they were so awesome. Even this uh, Age of Calamity that just came out for the Switch, right? That's kind of the same, like, Destiny Warriors kind of gameplay. That's, that's correct, yeah. Apparently, so, yeah. I I would definitely try it. Yeah. Okay. I hope that I don't have to know too much about the game, but I would definitely try it. All right. Well, what's next? This is another... One. This is, sadly for you, this is another Star Wars reference. Shall I do the headline and then... Uh... Well, this I, I get. Oh, you do? Yeah. I just, okay. you know, you underestimate my power. 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 <laughs> the Xbox Series X instant on mode allows you to engage with features like remote play and overnight downloads. But there's a clear downside to it. It uses up more energy than shutting off the console entirely. A few days ago, a fan created report from Andrews VPN on the Xbox Series X Reddit had suggested the console using 25 to 28 watts of energy when turned off and instant on. State. But following the recent Xbox Series X November 2020 system update, it appears that the energy use has been optimized considerably. Here's what Andrus VPN had to say about uh, their recent test. So far, my testing has been 
off eco mode 0.5 watts instant on pre-update 25 to 28 watts instant on with latest update 10.4 to 10.9 watts uh, now while this mode is while on this mode if i start to download via the xbox app it goes like this the fan is still off and the power is 28.5 the whole download completed with the fan off absolutely loving these new numbers the redditor went on to note that the instant on energy usage while the console turned off can fluctuate based on certain factors if a game is left in standby it can apparently run up to 16 to 17 watts for example uh, of course it's just a pancake report so you might have to wait a little bit longer for a more in-depth analysis but this is certainly an interesting look at how the xbox series s consumes power following a recent november update Mm, interesting it's always been obviously throughout life the universe and everything you hear people say oh if you want to save money on your electric bill turn your tv off at the plug don't leave it on standby and we're all guilty of it and these new consoles mm-hmm. do you know what if they're updating in the background and everything like that while well, we leave them in rest mode or instant on mode yeah i'm happy with that i'm willing to pay the extra couple of p i mean let's face it we're international podcasting celebrities bobby we can afford sure. it but the average man out there on the street maybe can't but i'd see these numbers Probably put your mind at ease, to be fair. Anyway, it's not massive usage. Probably bundles up to be the equivalent of four or five pence a day or four or five cents. It's not big I, books, is it? As far as like, I don't know about Xbox or PS5, I do use rest mode. Mm. Like, you know, let's say I'm playing a game, but I got something to do real quick. Mm-hmm. Throw it rest mode. But if I'm going to bed... And I can and I can save it and save to a point where I feel safe. I'll I'll turn it off. Oh, you will. Yeah, because I mean, I saved it. I can turn it on. I'm right there. Whereas, like, okay, I have to go to the store or do something real quick. I'll rest mode it. What sort that's, of thing do you nip it. to the store? Let's say you put the console in rest mode. And you're like, I'm going to the store. What are you going to go grab? I don't know. Whatever. Let's say I'm cooking. I got to cook. Oh damn, I forgot. You know, this season. Well, let me go to the store real quick. You know, whatever. Or oh, damn. Do you ever treat yourself? You know, when I go to the store, I'll grab what I need and then a treat. Be it a chocolate bar, candy bar, as we call it here in the states where I live now, or a soda. You just go get what you need and come back. You don't feel the need to accessorize your journey. No, I just get in, get out, get in, get out. It's kind of like a mission. I do it like a mission. How fast can I get out of here? You know? There's me getting a go do, go down the bodega and getting uh, one of their red hot black coffees. I mean, how the hell do the mugs not melt into your hand? Because if it touches know, your tongue, you lost probably the tip of your tongue. Uh, and I can't say this for everybody, but as far as I my understanding, okay, Eva's Dominican. Yeah, her mom is Dominican. Yeah, as and I made some tea the other day. Okay, okay. thanks to your help. Yeah, they drank this tea straight from the kettle until it was piping hot. No issues. Okay, me as an Irish guy, I was like blowing on it, trying to calm it down. It's too hot. I I, I don't mind it hot. I tell you what, how can you drink something like that? It might be maybe they're part English because, because the, there's a way the, you can drink. Bodega, you can. It's a little bit naughty to do it on a podcast, but you can slurp. So you're almost blowing on it and drinking it at the same time. You kind no, of I've tried that, dude. And I burnt my upper lip, my upper gum. It's not gonna work for me. The bodega coffee comes out. 
piping hot. The bodega coffee comes out hotter than the surface of the sun itself. It's unbelievable. I may just take <laughs> sips of that. I can't. Sorry. Can't do it. Well, I'll tell you one thing that's red hot. That's the commenter of the month. It's that time mm-hmm. of the month again, Bobby. It's time to announce surprise jaw. Prize jaw? Is this where the certain person wins a whole new gold lower jaw? No, it's not. I said the word wrong. It's the prize draw. And it's Ginge's Game Rooms time in the sun. Uh, he gets to pick from a host of prints on Etsy. Uh, pick a prize from Comic Pictures 79 store, which is just comic pictures on Etsy. Let us know in a DM which uh, piece of wonderful artwork that you've chosen. And then we shall make it happen to you. Hopefully, maybe, if we're lucky and quick, you'll get it before Christmas. Yeah, he has some real funny ones, man. Hey, but you know what? He- Keep keep commenting, listeners. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Ginger's Game Room. Keep commenting, everybody. You're going to get there in the end, no doubt. All it all it needs is persistence, some solid comments. Every month we we award a prize. We put up our post on normally a Thursday on Instagram or Twitter where we ask for your comment for whatever it is we're going to be talking about this week. This week it was Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be next week, but we're heading towards a Christmas special. So get your get your thoughts around that. Uh, but now's the time to mention that uh, from January, we'll also be given a prize from the Redbubble shop. This is where we host all of our merchandise. So you can get unofficial controller pillows. You can get unofficial controller face masks. You can get travel mugs. Uh, I mean, Bobby, what you can't get with our logo on it doesn't bear thinking about. <laughs> so what we're going to do is obviously we also host a free Discord would you believe? And what we're going to do is we're going to award a prize for the person who upholds the community spirit is a good and supportive member of the community. So it's not just who says the most, therefore, ergo discounting you because you seem to use it as your own dais almost for engaging the internet. You are the most commented person on the Discord. I, you can win something from the Redbubble shop. I don't know what it'll be yet, but obviously at the end of January, we'll let you know and uh, we'll send that to the person that we think has been the most decent person. So it's not too late to join our free Discord, make a whole new load of friends, talk about your favorite games, your favorite console, the weather, um, everything in between, movies or whatever. It's a very welcoming place where we all support each other. They all end up following each other on Instagram and supporting each other's stuff with likes and other bits and bobs and all that good rammel that what really a good podcast community should be about. So why not join free of charge? Yeah, we just got one yesterday, right? A new member yesterday? Yeah, Digital Monkery. Mm-hmm. Leveled up, joined the scene. I've seen him on the periphery around, definitely on Twitter. And then he makes himself known to us, Yeah, so which, cool. was, which was wonderful. And he's rolled his sleeves up and got stuck in. And been an engaging member of the team already. You never know. Right now, I would argue, he slapped himself in pole position there, Bobby. <laughs> Listen, we've done the news. We've done the what you've been playing. Just remind them one more time how the collective masses might get in contact, Bobby, and let us know that, hey, George, your news is boring. <laughs> uh, and do you know what? I want to let everyone on the Discord know <laughs> that you're the most boring person in the history of podcasting. If they want to do that, Bobby, how would they do that? Contact us at Twitter or Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can join the Discord. 
Or you can even email us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Because we are that legit. I mean, mm-hmm. technically, Bobby, we're the biggest gaming show in America. We've mm-hmm. spent the whole week in and out of the UK podcast charts. We've got That's a awesome. massive back catalogue covering documentaries about consoles from the past, modern gaming issues, a little bit of fun here and there as well. Oh, heck, you know, if anyone wants to listen to the history of Xbox, Bobby, we also time travel to Times Square. <laughs> it doesn't really. Was, and and that show that opens amazing. with the previous co-host, Tom, being arrested yes. live on air. Yeah, I was just going to mention that too because a couple of people were listening. Because they said, oh, you know, they found they found me through the Instagram and they found me from here. Yeah. And they went back to look at some previous episodes and like, oh, you're, you're, that's not you. I'm like, no, that's the original Tom and George. They're the one that started this. I'm just happy to be part of it now. It's George's creation. So I, they were like, oh, where's Tom? Keep, keep listening. Keep listening. You'll find out. Wonderful. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've kind of spoilers there, but they need to listen to that episode to find out the full bells and whistles mm-hmm. of what went on exactly. but uh, why not bobby listen most of the people have probably skipped straight to this point because they're that excited they're that giddy it's almost like christmas come early for a lot of people in fact some would say it's christmas come late because this game's had more delays than uh i don't know a london bus one would imagine <laughs> i'm just bringing it back to the mother country there it's the cyberpunk 2077 feature we've We've decided to get behind the scenes to bring you some exclusive tidbits about the creation of Cyberpunk and certainly some things to be aware of as you begin your journey into Night City. All cities have a vibe, a feeling, be it here in New York, the outrageous city that never sleeps, or somewhere like London that weaves a modern thriving city back through cobbled streets dating back to Roman times. But the the star in this story, the Cyberpunk story, is Night City. But in our deep dive, one has to wonder what the origins of this city Ah, what are the origins of cyberpunk? And what will you need to know to be king or queen of the streets in this bustling techno metropolis? Cyberpunk 2077 by CG Project Red is a word is a world based on the designs of Mike Pondsmith as an attempt to replicate the gritty realism of 1980s cyberpunk science fiction. In particular, Walter John Williams' novel Hardwired as an inspiration. Uh, Pond Smith and Williams collaborated to form the tabletop cyberpunk releasing in 1988 by R. Talsorian Games. Uh, the components of the box set consist of 44-page handbook, a 38-page source book, and a 20-page combat book, four pages of the game ads, and two 10-sided dice. Mm. Mike Smith is actually appearing in this modern recreation of Cyberpunk 2, which is a fantastic nod to its original creator and its tabletop game. Work began in 2016 as a small team who had finished up the Witcher 3 expansion, Blood and Wine. Throwing everything we got into this game shows CD Projekt Red ambition and scope, opening a new studio studio, while also partnering with Digital Scapes and NVIDIA to streamline graphical engineering. So with all that said, let's find out what makes Night City tick. Drawing on the real-life architectural style, Brutalism, the world of Night City, is a 24-7 bustling digital metropolis where you can go anywhere, do anything, and be anyone. The game's art director, Powell Melenchik, details the process. The first stage was just looking for the actual art style. And it was this kind of problematic question. Are we making a future game or making some kind of retro-futuristic game? 
or are we leaving the game completely in the 80s? Powell takes over all the design lead and everything you see, the characters, the vehicles, the weapons, the buildings, you name it, he's approved it. But this process saw him take over thousands of concept art pieces. He explained the process. We ended up with some kind of blend. We definitely decided that we don't want to make a futuristic game that is an expansion of our reality. It's this dystopian future where things went kind of wrong, where humanity never stopped emitting carbon and destroying and erasing nature in the face of the planet. And it didn't just stop expanding, which led to the corporate wars and disasters, you know, tossing meteors at the planet theories. Uh, and there's the story of the tabletop games rulebook. We picked up brutalism as this world is dangerous just to walk around. Uh, brutalism, moderate architect really highlight that with everything looking blocky and just dangerous looking. In collaboration with Ben, Andrew Powell and his team built an art Bible to help unify the art direction and keep the city looking and feeling cohesive while lending individuality to cars, guns, characters and buildings. But they quickly realised one distinct art style wouldn't work. They needed four. The aesthetic quartet encompasses flashy, bold retro for 2077, kitsch, the luxury and fur neo-kitsch, favoured by Night City's elite, corporate, sharp, cold neo-militarism, and more down-to-earth entropicism of the working class. This some, I'll tell you what, <laughs> there's some words in there. Ben explains each of these cultural eras has its own style, and you can see that reflected in the architecture, the text, and the guns. Every element of the game should have some influence from one of these eras. He adds that it's these granular details that makes the world feel unique and alive. Talking of granular detail, Bobby, is uh, a little bit of something we can share. Even the trash is detailed. Yeah, that's right. Items made up of the world are reused as broken versions or empty versions of actual in-game models. Yes, that's right. No more generic trash textures in the bins in Night City. They're actually inhabited by used items that you see in the game world. That's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, cool. that's the sort of level... Normally, even in a game that you're totally in the world absorbed by, you walk past the bin, look in, and there's a flat sort of Mm -hmm. 3D rough texture where it's basically a blob of trash and you go, well, do you know what? It's a bin. It's at least they've got something in there. You know, it is what it is. Not CD Projekt Red. They've gone, no. Actually, let's make this believable. Let's put cartons and crates and empty cylinders of things that you actually use in the game in the bin. Whoa, mind blown. That's awesome. Let's take some time to look at the guns, the tech, and the characters you'll meet in Night City. Bobby. First up, guns, guns, guns. That was my little ode to... Because you know I call you Bobby Boy because of the infamous (laughs) Robocop Uh scene where he's like, can you fly, Bobby Boy? I think there's a scene in there where Clarence Boddick is like, guns, guns, guns. So I had to squeeze that in anyway i'll let you i'll let you continue good sir you'll be pleased to know that at least from a gameplay perspective though if you live there it might freak you out a bit everyone it would mean everyone carries a gun in that city it's part of life it's part of the consumer culture that grips this alternate universe of cyberpunk 277 and night city are entwining like everything in this world violence has been taken to the extreme the idea that you might get mugged on the way home in this city underbelly of 2077 it's extremely likely, so carrying a sidearm is a must. But it's okay because the world embraces the violence. Damn. It might as well encourage it. Uh, one weapon that sticks out is the aptly named Slaughtermatic. Yeah. It's not very impressive. <laughs> what a great and it thing. comes in hot pink. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's really awesome. And it comes in hot pink. 
like all things in consumer culture, this weapon isn't reloadable and it's basically a disposable, a disposable silent. Always useful to have one of these in your inventory. And it is this consumer world that they got right to the price point with their disposability. But let's say you're in the market with something a little more robust, a forever gun, a keeper. You won't, don't worry, because Asuraga weapons are here for you. Set in the future, you'll obviously expect some truly futuristic weapons, and Arasaka is the weapon supplier of choice, normally requiring some form of implant or skill upgrade to use. The series of smart weapons don't even fire traditional rounds. They fire mini-guided rockets. Arasaka is one of the biggest mega corporations, so you can imagine that they funneled a lot of design and engineering into their weapons. Bristling with target and computers that interact with your optical implants means once you've locked onto a target, every single round will hit that chosen bad dude or dudette with devastating effect. If you really double down on implants and weapon skills and tie that into Arasaka weapon solution, you may just be an unstoppable future John Wick seamlessly moving from kill to kill with effortless precision. Uh, what if you've augmented your body to the point you've removed your flesh and blood arms and replaced your God-given limbs with metal robotic arms? Well, that means you no longer have to use weapons that don't have much kickback. You can use a weapon that would throw an elephant back 20 foot with the kickback. Your new metal arms could have recoil suppression, meaning that you could wield another big web weapon manufacturer's Borg's deadly shotgun. The Borg weapon shotgun system, a gun so powerful that if you aren't leveled up enough, could do as much damage to you with its recoil as you're doing to your chosen victim. You can even take control of robotic drones to do your bidding. The Flathead Spiderbot can be sent into to unleash its weapon system. This little chap is also customized, customizable and can be used for a variety of end purposes. Any self-respecting resident of Night City needs one of these little helpers to do their dirty work. But in all that mindless slaughter, doesn't escape the irony of the world tor of Cyberpunk 2077. We hear from Ben Anders again. There's a there's a knowing element of satire to the extreme gun culture on the show in the, in the game. There's an advert in the game advertised to a family. You've got this happy family, and they're all posing with guns like little kids <laughs> and a pregnant mom. We love the way you can see adverts for the slaughtermatic then pick it up from a vending machine, <laughs> which all leads back to the fantastic world building taking place in Night City. And that I think you know, to me, I find that absolutely fascinating. So they've gone, they've got this detailed culture, consumer culture that they've managed to have the elements broken down and put in the trash, which is collected, and this city is alive as you're driving around and listening to the media and seeing shows on the screen. You're seeing these adverts for products that you can go buy in the game. Uh, GTA's come close. One thing I would say, a word of warning to anybody who's listening to this going, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on GTA 6 2077. It is nothing like that game. And I know you're probably screaming at me now. You've got your headphones on, you're driving in the car, and you're like, well, hang on a minute. It, it is like that because I've seen you driving a car. I've seen you killing people. No, this is a stat-heavy game based on a tabletop game <laughs> that is... Uh, so far removed from GTA, as we'll get to shortly in a moment, one of the key items in GTA, stealing cars, that's not even on the table here. It's not even on the table. Uh, anyway, next up, the Radical Rides. You know the best way to get about Night City will be in your own vehicle, be it two wheels or four or more. And we here at Unofficial Controller Podcast have got you covered 
Taking inspiration from the design cues of the 80s and 90s car designer Marcello Gandini, a resident of the Bertoni Design House, that guy designed the Lamborghini Countach and the Alfa Romeo Carabo, and many more iconic motors. Let's face it, those two cars look straight up cyberpunk already. I probably should have done that in Bada Bings to Retro Gaming's voice, shouldn't I? <laughs> but uh, we'll leave that to the no doubt he's in the comments, so we'll, we'll leave it till there. Modern concept cars are a little dab, dab. Uh, but concept cars from the 80s and 90s, let's face it, were bonkers. With their sharp edges and an embracement of the style, they were looking for a really played a part in the soon-to-be iconic look of vehicles in cyberpunk's world. The thriving ecosystem playing once again into cars' scalability using a table to carefully map and spread the brands and models. CD Projekt Red made sure there's everything from starter cars all the way up to elaborate supercars. Based on the spread of cars in our world, dictating the likelihood of finding the rarest of the rare. Also, once again, highlighting the spread wealth in the world of Night City and emphasizing the class separation and how much more stark it is between the have and have nots. The differences in the cars is exemplified by the fact of the level of customization you can put on your ride or any ride you find in the game. From aged cars that have solar panels, jury, jury rig to the roof, Cars with bigger wheels, different dashboards, the list is endless, allowing you to not only customize yourself, but your ride to be customized too. To make the ride sound as realistic as possible, CD Projekt Red hired car audio specialists to carefully place microphones on the interior and exterior of many current vehicles. They even hired a racetrack near the studio's home to experience for themselves and via stunt drivers what cars feel like when driven to the limit. With all that said, uh, with all this said, expect to find some rare cars from our era or older cars actually existing in this world. We aren't allowed to say too much at this point, but with Johnny Silverhand's car, the iconic Porsche 911, and the tie-up with motorcycle manufacturer Arch already being revealed, we don't think you'll be disappointed by what you find. Oh, by the way, and this is what I was alluding to, Bobby, you can't just walk up to a triangle and hit triangle or Y in just straight out the gates in Cyberpunk. You have to earn your car which in turn exhibits a sense of ownership over it. Think your horse in Red Dead 2 or more Roach in The Witcher 3. Later on, as your skill tree evolves, commandeering a car is a skill you can choose to unlock, but we think you'll be so dedicated to your chosen wheels by that point, you, you're just not going to want to. And I think that, again, there's, I think there's going to be a lot of people, because this game to me, it's got one hell of a hype train behind it. And I think a lot of people are yeah. expecting it to be a certain kind of game. But when they actually get their hands on it, they're gonna either there's gonna be a little bit of a kickback of people saying, mm-hmm. Well, it's just boring, I can't do that, or I can't I, like to me, I find it fascinating the actual lengths they've gone to to pull you into this world and the lengths they've gone to to make this world feel or at least seem real, I think is is fantastic and has to be applauded. But I think there's gonna be a kickback from what I would call a lot of mainstream gamers where it's maybe not what they're expecting. Yeah, they, they might be thinking like Grand Theft Auto, Sleeping Dogs, or Saints Row. Mm. It's not. No. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. Oh, next, we got your style. So you got the car, you got the guns, but Cyberpunk goes way deeper than that. What the thre- what threads are you going to deck out? Just uh, deck yourself in. Well, there's, well, here's where the fun begins. And also how you can align yourself to certain sections of Night City while also crafting your unique take on set style. Employing a specialist clothes designer, Martha Jokowak. Why not? 
at this point. I don't. Good. <laughs> he's good enough for us, Sounds isn't he? Good it? enough. CD Projekt Red have gone all in, making sure the styles not only look cool but are real and believable too. Again, taking cues from Cyberpunk's creation of the eighties and nineties, she too took she too took creation and inspiration from all the catwalks of the era. It didn't stop there either, as Martha went through uh, reams of material from combat uniforms, extreme sports, jewelry concept, and so much more. Drawing us together into awesome blends as seen as the latest trailers. But this fashion and styles also plays a part in theming the districts of Night City, allowing the game designers to theme each area, but also allow percentages of each district to spill over and populate other districts just as they would do in the real city. Wow. What? Wanting to avoid traditional fasteners such as zips, seams, and even buttons, CD Projekt Red wanted the garment to look almost 3D printed and manufactured in a way different to clothes are currently. Replacing traditional fasteners with magnets, etc., presented its own issues as they want each clothing to really stand out. Usually in games, buttons and fasteners add texture to clothing items. With this, they've had to find new ways to add detail, but the solutions they've come up with look fantastic in-game. Martha has been keen to point out that all the clothes in the games have been designed digitally, but the fabrics have weight and flow, uh, as they would do in real life. Elastic, etc., simulated to act as realistically as possible. She's also adamant, with only a small amount of work, these outlandish designs could be recreated in real life very easily. We see the start of many cosplay uh, ideas here, listeners. It might also be prudent to mention two of your skill upgrades, Cool and Street Cred. You might think linked to clothing, but the cool ability is the one that affects damage taken and is leveled up in a traditional way. Its name's confusing, but it affects things like damage taken and stealth ability. Street cred is leveled up by taking side quests. See street cred as your game reputation, giving you access to more awesome stuff, plus different clothes, weapons, and mods give you a street cred boost uh, as well. So the more street cred you get, the more cool stuff you get access to. You can put those items on. You get more street cred. It kind of is a self-feeding beast at that point mm-hmm. in time. But uh, why don't you take us uh, through this next little uh, insight into the world of cyberpunk, Bobby? The mods. Whoa. To grab yourself one or more of these cybernetic mods, you're going to have to visit one of Night City's Reaper Ripper docks in the world of getting a new implant or modification of your body from the extreme to the slightly more tame cybernetic implants would be more outlandish or painful than getting a tattoo in our time. In fact, to get work for one of the mega corporations, they will insist you get a mod of some kind that's manufactured by them so they can take ownership over you. Starting that's, out as... That's crazy. That's terrifying, isn't it? That's crazy. That reminds me of that movie with uh, Jude Law. And uh, yes. You need an implant, they gave it to you, but you can't ever pay for it, so you can't pay for it, they take it back. Uh, starting out as a status symbol before becoming uh, a necessity in this world, like everything in Cyberpunk 27.7. The disparity between the rich and the poor is showcased by the slickness and beauty of your of your augmentation, with the lower class looking very outlandish, with their rudimentary bolt-ons and stark contracts that are barely notable hidden mods of the elite. Uh, as we know, the game takes inspiration from the 80s tabletop game that details a lot of the cybernetic enhancements, but bringing these to a triple-A game has been difficult, but not impossible. Taking cues from reality, such as modern prosthetics, but also wanting to be fun while lending a veal of believability. As with everything we've detailed you uh, so far, they want you to feel this world is believable and lived in. A word of caution, there is a fraction called the scavengers, an opportunist gang 
who are on the prowl for wounded or the poor. As the name suggests, they harvest these individuals for the modification. So make sure you always have your eyes peeled and your hand on your slotomatic for this exclusive band of bees. <laughs> I just did that. That's cool, bro. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, terrifying because you know you're low health, and then suddenly these dudes appear, and they like the look of your opt- optical implant. They pull your eyeball out. Are you doing a mission, and these guys just pop up out of nowhere? Oh my! See, that's kind of what I hope, right? Because usually, I, I mentioned it before, but like Far Cry Two, mm-hmm. you think you have a plan. Yes, right? but then your gun jams, or you throw a grenade. It's a dud. Yeah, or whatever you think you're gonna do doesn't work. I kind of hope that they implement this because it's like every other game, it's like, okay, I have an arrow, bang, bang, boom, everyone's dead. Yeah. But in, imagine in the middle of a mission, these dudes come out of nowhere. <laughs> Just to like, to me, your arm. And I, I know we've probably talked about it more than a game from 2008 or whenever it is deserves, but Far Cry 2 to me was it's... where I thought games were going. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they dropped back a level and became far more formulaic than than they ever had been before you know yeah and and ubisoft who created far cry franchise are very guilty of that because they had something on the hands there that maybe wasn't didn't win the universal acclaim that maybe they wanted it to yeah the critics loved it Pe- freaks like me and you probably loved it but then you have the mainstream yeah magazines and whatnot it probably just didn't sell far cry 2 probably didn't sell because it was too boring um and it was too realistic and do you want escapism yeah. But Far Cry 2 didn't have you climbing to a tower to unlock a piece of the map, so then you could see all the other things on the map. And to me, you know, the randomness of your malaria spoilers and the, the randomness of where the firefighters would spill out, as you say, you throw in a dud mm-hmm. grenade and they all die for cover and then they stand up and realize that it's not gone off and then they come <laughs> for you and you're trying to fire these rounds off and your gun jams or your car breaks down mm-hmm. as you're trying to escape and it really kept you on your toes and kept things going. And I think doing the research for this feature, they've um, the developer, the lead said that you don't even need to finish the main story to finish this game. You can play this game, go about things how you want. And he's very careful not to, you know, give too much away. But my assumption is that if you end up with loads of money controlling a certain area, you won't need to finish the game. Because the it, it would be pointless you then going on this mission to finish the game and kill the bad guy if you already sort of own them through financial means. It, it kind of it, it is pointless at that point. So to have you to be able to sort of almost weave your own story through the friendships and the alliances that you make to me is fascinating. That it actually rewrites the story on the fly to enable yeah. you to do things differently a lot of games have sort of alluded to the fact that that could happen but none of them have ever pulled it off and i really feel like this game is the closest to that we've had to yeah. this point and i'm i'm quite excited by it i mean cd product red is special again they're, they're a they're developer special. yeah yeah i mean the Witcher series wasn't for me, really, and it wasn't that many episodes ago I played The Witcher and mm-hmm. I could understand the lore, I could understand the world building, and it did make me kind of cautious about what Cyberpunk 2077 would be because, you know, controlling Geralt, 
you know, maybe I'm not a pro gamer or whatever, but, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to talk to one of the residents of a village and my character's sort of glitching around all over the floor as I try and position him in front of them. I end up having the conversation with this woman in with my feet in a bowl of fish. <laughs> You know, and it's not quite as slick as you want it to be. And, you know, yeah, it's an old game at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And Cyberpunk 2077, they've really thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, all the money they've ever made from Witcher 3. I think they've sank into this, which is a phenomenal amount of cash. And they are very passionate individuals. So I think what will come out of it will be something that I'm really into. Mm -hmm. Um, Fantasy and, and stuff like that, I've kind of been on the edge of but i'm more of a cyberpunk sci-fi kind of guy i always have been so this to me could be my witcher and i'm excited for that i'm excited Mm -hmm. for that uh up next the cast of characters what is a city without its without its inhabitants bobby and again night city doesn't disappoint for its vast and very gang culture to the sprawling outer city populated by the desert dwelling nomads this game's got every extreme you can imagine all this variety further extrapolated by the various mods and clothing choices means it's doubtful you'll ever see an in-game character that looks like any other this really adds to the immersion of this game and broadens its scope like no other open world city game before it Add in exciting inclusions like Keanu was the infamous Johnny Silverhands, while bring in other classics from the tabletop games such as Adam Smasher. And in this podcast opinion, you're heading for what's set to be one of the most special game releases in some time. So we hope you've enjoyed this little ahead of time preview and behind the scenes insight. And we, as you now, will wait so we can fully ourselves immerse ourselves in Night City. Before we do, Bobby. Me and you can have a little bit before we go through the questions and the comments from our very excited listeners, some new and some old listeners in there, or new and loyal listeners. What what's your thoughts? So you obviously we've talked about it, there's some little bits of insights in there. We've had some sneaky little looks and and insights into the game. Let's sum it up. Are you excited for this? Yes, I'm excited for this. But I'm a little cautious as, as well, mm. uh, only because there's just so much hype behind it. Yeah, that I think I think what I think is going to happen is, you know, maybe most gamers will think like you said, Grand Theft Auto, something crazy like that. Yeah, buy the game, be nothing like they thought, and hate yeah. it. And that, or that, that, you're gonna play it and be like, I'm mind blown. This I think game is- one of the things, one of the games that I would probably liken it most to really and and this is not an insulting thing at all it's a table it's based on a role-playing game mm-hmm. dice rolling game okay yeah. and the closest thing i can think of to it as far as sort of stats and bits and bobs is concerned is something like fallout uh the best seed of fallouts or even behind, shadow run yeah but behind it you've got these stats that actually really alter and affect the way you can speak to people how likely your shots are to go on target. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter how good you are with the crosshair in a game yeah. like this. It's like when I first played, Mor- played uh, Morrowind back mm-hmm. in the day. I-, I aimed the crosshair and was hitting people, but I was returning zero damage. And I was like, what is wrong with this game? But my stats weren't high enough yeah. where I could, in the background of Morrowind, and I believe Oblivion and Fallout even, the 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 CPU of the machine is not only rendering the graphics, but it's doing dice rolls every time you press attack. 100%. And it's doing a counter dice roll for the person that you're fighting. As a, you know, if a character of this stats with this level of attack hits this character, that's a dice roll. They've scored a nine. Mm -hmm. The defending character needs to score a nine or higher on the dice to defend that 
from that action. If they don't, they will score an accruing amount of damage depending on how statted that -hmm. attacking character is. I honestly believe from everything that I've seen and research for this uh, fabulous project we've been working on here that this is exactly the case. But this game has been so well marketed that it's sunk into gamer culture. And I, well, we'll find out because I think some people have got a little bit bored of waiting, but we'll see. A lot of people are going to get this game regardless of whether they think it is going to be for them or not because the ads have been phenomenal. They're everywhere. They're on the side of buses. Like, like we can't leave our houses, but, you know, a bus drives by and boom, Cyberpunk's on the side of it. You know, the yellow. Yeah, there definitely is. You know, the guy. There's been an Xbox Series X out, or no, Xbox One X or the Slim, the Cyberpunk version, Mm -hmm. right? has been out for weeks and months. So you, the game's not little, even out. Um, uh, what's it called? The HDD? Yeah. Uh, that's also Cyberpunk themed. Yeah. My friend has one of those too. Yeah, it's crazy. So that, and, and that speaks to how much the game's been delayed. Like now we're literally days away. <laughs> they better not pull, pull the rug from under its feet now, Bobby. That's, this would be mm-hmm. one of the mo- most misplaced podcasts ever aired. But, mm-hmm. you know, we know it's out there because the other thing is the, the retail release was broken. Like some people, lucky people, have already got this game in their drives and they're playing it. Um, I know a lot of streamers have been wanting to break that and be the first to stream it, but... You and I both know that they'll get their copyright struck on their channel, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, so I'm excited for this game. I'm, I'm not sure your average GTA listener is going to... Uh, I might be speaking wrong. They might end up loving it, but they might not. Um, anyway, let's take a look through the comments we received this week. Here's the uh, current unofficial controller reigning champion, Jim's Ginger's game room. He says, waiting for the release of this game reminds me of the wait I had when my dad went to the show. <laughs> he's got issues, this boy. This is why I give him a prize, because obviously he's got issues. He says, waiting for the re- <laughs> I should be laughing, it's serious. His dad might have run off. Waiting for the release of this game reminds me of the wait I had when my dad went to the shop and never came back. <laughs> Okay, Jidge. Speaking of that, I was uh, when I first got to England in Valhalla, I stumbled across a farm and there was a kid outside looking at some leaves on a tree. Have you found this kid, Bobby? And Avor goes up to her and says, you know, what are you doing? And she said, mm. oh, my dad said he'd be back mm-hmm. at the time this last leaf fell to the ground and there was only one leaf left on the tree. I see that as Ginger's games room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's- uh, Thanks for the comment, Jin. Who's next? RGT Retro Gamer Thomas. I was really hyped and so looking forward to it, but after delay and delay, my enthusiasm has dropped quite a bit. I know it's good to make sure a game is perfect before putting it to the market, but the longer it goes on, the less interested I become. I'm sure it'll be one of the games of the year. Their track record with Witcher Three proves they know what they're doing. I just hope there hasn't been uh, been a victim to the hype train. Mm. Yes. I can see why. Yeah, I think anyone who's followed gaming for a long time, they're probably aware they've seen games like this before. It's not going to be the first. It's it's certainly not going to be the last. I think it will live up to the hype. I just, 
I, yeah, maybe launching at the sort of around the festive period of December when a lot of people are off or, you know, they're on reduced hours because of the dreaded Rona, which you don't like to mention on the show, but it might give them the time that they wouldn't normally have to properly sink into this game um, that might negate some of the issues of the the more casual player. Uh, Finster Gamer says, my hype for this game has come in waves. Firstly, I didn't get what the big deal was. Then the more I saw of it, the more I fell in love with the idea of it. Then I lost a bit of interest when I realized it was just a single player game. I honestly have no idea why, but I got in my head that it was going to be an open, an online open world in the style of Destiny and The Division. My goodness gracious me, that would have been an interesting game. However, now that I know exactly what this world has been built for, I'm back to being super excited. Cannot wait for its release. I'm going to be all over that photo mode shown in the latest trailer. That's the, yeah, that's another thing. That listen, photo- if I don't see photo mode from Finch the Gamer mm-hmm. at least four times a day, <laughs> we'd have a problem. His photos well, are actually quite good. If we don't see any photos from him from this game, we've got a question is Finch the Gamer even the real Finch the Gamer mm-hmm. anymore? Yeah, because I, I love photo mode. I take photos. He takes like epic shots you or i take sort of shots that you would take on your phone of your mates outside of a bar yeah like oh that's cool he lies down on the floor with a telephoto lens and a very expensive canon camera with taking light level measurements and he snaps art 100 Uh, i actually got boba loba this is a weird one for me other than the original trailer and the keanu reeves moment at the e3 i haven't watched anything to do with cyberpunk I couldn't actually tell you what sort of game it is. I'm assuming it's a third-person RPG. That being said, the images I have seen look super cool, and the sheer amount of hype the community has built has intrigued me. I said it before, I'm not one to get excited for single-player games these days, but there seems to be something about Cyberpunk that might change that. Maybe this week's episode will have me on board of the hype train. Either way, I look forward to hearing you discuss it. Interested to hear what the Inglorious think. Yeah, so well, hopefully we've we've wet his whistle with the little nuggets that we've given him. Um, up next, Bobby, let's do the old school version. It's a new, new listener. listener, and we love it when the community answers questions uh, on posts like this. If you want to go deeper in the community, why not join the Discord? But Jack dot i zero two, I believe, he is that aforementioned new listener. He says to Bo Blober, it's a first-person game. You can go in third and first-person in it. I think there was a, a further conversation there where Bo Blober wasn't even sure if it was... There we go. I'm assuming it's a third-person. Well, it's a first-person game, mm-hmm. which, again, there's going to be a lot of people, you included, that spend about six hours designing your character, and then Can't you see. never see him again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ezlo and Midna, uh, welcome back to the comments, Ezlo and Midna. I hope you're well. He says, I recently, I really wasn't interested in this game until I started seeing a few TV adverts. I'm normally a Switch gamer primarily, but this makes me want to dust off the PS4 to round off the year with a bit of PlayStation gaming. Hmm. Well, I, I encourage you to do so. Who's next? Duke himself. Oh. Ha- Harvey Retro. The legend. I was the same with the hype train uh, wearing off until I recently saw the photo mode trailer and got excited all over again. I mean, I don't buy games just for photo mode, but it does have an exciting level of detail, which is very cool. Uh, I'd be able to make pictures like Synthwave album covers, which is pretty rad. Can you imagine him at his own Synthwave cover? I think he'd make great photo art for album covers. 
Oh, just his great face, collection of albums. His face blurring into like a pink neon. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Get, get it done. I can Let's see it, it now. You yeah. forgot his emoji, by the way. The man who never forgets an emoji forgot the sunglasses smiley emoji. Cool, cool smiley. <laughs> uh, the 16 brick bit prick. Uh, the man who makes this uh, family-friendly podcast all of a sudden mature 18 rated. He says, I don't know anything about Cyberpunk 2077, but I do know what a great album, punk album that came out in 1977, The Damned. What on earth is 16 prick smoking at the moment? Sorry, that's all I've got this week. Laugh until he cries emoji. I don't know. Here's a man from a jail cell who's obviously got nothing better to do. Tommy UK 73 says, I love the realistic Dirt City vibe and it's the sort of place I like to hang out. One imagines he won't have the patience to see this through, but we'll give him his uh, we'll give him his due. Look forward to the sex robot missions. What more could you need? <laughs> Winking emoji. He's not happy unless he's pushing the boundaries. Yeah, gotta push somewhere. Up Back, next. knowing him in that cell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you got this is for you, bro. Oh, of course. It's about being still retro gaming. I'm just hoping that it isn't as overhyped as the first Watch Dogs. I was waiting for that game to get a PS4, and then I returned my PS4. <laughs> I have been sitting on an Amazon gift voucher I got last year so that I could use it on this game. So, uh, so do you have a PS4, yes or no? Or what console have you got? Because you returned your PS4 when Watch Dogs he's, came out. He's got a PS4. I played with him on a PS4. Oh, of course you have. So maybe and, he and you can vouch it. that when you played with him in real life, he uh, he spoke like this. That's just how he sounds. I thought it was you doing I'm the just joke. hoping that it isn't a overpriced as the first I watch it, Dexter. I thought it was you playing as a joke on me. I swear to God. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I could have stopped laughing. I, I felt rude, but, you know. Well, if they, wanna, if they want to squad up, um, probably not going to be a drag me out of my filthy sweet filled lair to online game but they might drag you out maybe might get you to dust your sword off for a round of four honor or whatever it is you've been playing recently yeah why not it's not it's not that often that you can listen to someone on the internet or the radio in your car and then get to play a round of uh whatever it is you've been playing what's that online multiplayer nonsense you've been playing recently Oh, I finished that already. Though. That was a rogue company. Ah, yes. Okay. I'm done. Oh. Yeah, my last friend got the platinum, and I deleted it immediately. Perfect. Uh, yep. Mr. Graham C, another wonderful member of the team. He's uh, or member of the family who's joined the Discord. He's leveled up. He's everywhere. He's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He's on Twitter. He's on. He's on the Discord. A lovely human being. We're we're very lucky to have him as part of the family. He says, "I was looking forward to this, but with the amount of delays and pushbacks." Kind of slipped the radar for me. Hopefully, I'll be able to get it in January. Oh, next we got Young Adult Man, <laughs> aka Juan GD30 CE12. He goes, Man, I believe I heard this game back in 2017 or so. And I always think, Man, this game is going to be everything GTA isn't. I really hope the game does made it to where you can go in every room building you see. The game is going to be so detailed. So I heard yesterday that the trash and the trash cans will be designed as well. I can only imagine what else they're going to surprise us with as the game unfolds. Yeah, well, some people have been crunching the numbers on the maths, and I think it's like four or five times the size of GTA Five. Like, it might not spread out as much. But okay, the fact- let's say Valhalla size. Bigger? Well, 
because it's because these sky these mega scrapers go all the way up in the sky and you can access every level and i think as wans or young adult man's alluding to i think most of the interiors are, are accessible if you wow. squat out that square footage it is actually that big a game so it may not That's incredible you may be able to get from one side to the other quicker than you can in valhalla but you're not going to get from the bottom to the top with all the level of detail in between uh it's a it's going to be a big game Okay. I heard the first day patch is like 48 gigs. Mm, I've also heard conflicting rumors that it's not that big. So mm. we'll see. Uh, anyway, comic picture's not that long now, to be fair. Yeah, comic picture 79 says, I'm, I haven't been hyped for this game in ages. And then we've got a, a new listener. Uh, new, new listener. listener. <laughs> Beyond, uh, Dead Beyond Despair says same here in response to comic pictures but then strangely he says i desperately want this game please release it i can't stand the wait so he's <laughs> a man that's either bipolar or very confused either which way uh nice to see some new names mixed in amongst the the legendary status of uh everyone i think you got that wrong why he says i haven't been this hype for a game in ages and he wrote to comic pictures Yes, I desperately want this game. Please release it. I can't stand the wait. Oh, I see. They're both hyped for this beyond belief. I have you know, been this hyped. Yeah, for you game. know when he's hyped when he wrote "please," he spelled the eggs out. Many, yeah. Many he, he, okay. Okay. So what we've learned from the comments yeah. on this week's feature is uh, <laughs> that was your cat. Yeah, well, on top of the TV. Hell no. I've been feeding it on top of the TV to encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> when you were either off doing coupley things, I come into the, the share room and I feed your, your cat little, on, uh, yeah, just a little breadcrumb trail. On top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I retreat to my side of the apartment, you go to your side of the apartment, but the share room, okay, Sorry. the one that we're in now. My heart just went up because I'm like, you dropped that TV, bro. That, that I'm done. Well, you never know. The insurance might come good and you might end up with a new one. I don't know uh, quite what he's been up to this week, Bobby. Uh, well, one would imagine he's been probably getting copies of Shadowrun for the Xbox 360, that failed online shooter, and he's repackaging it with uh, a very badly faked Cyberpunk 2077 insert, and he's selling these at the local market. Oh, well, you know what he's doing? Socially distanced, of course. You know what he's doing? What? Okay, on the um, on the corner of the Rite Aid by my block. Yeah. Okay, he is selling Christmas trees. They look oh. beautiful. No, oh, no, no, don't get me wrong. They look beautiful. Okay, but it's only half the tree. Oh, right. So the back, you know, in quotations, back of the tree. Yeah, it's just flat, cut off, and missing. But the front, that little uh, half sphere, it's perfect. To be honest, I think he's onto something there. I'd I buy a so half too. tree because it you takes up less it, space. Yes, you could put it right in the corner or the back end. This is going against type for Stingray. Although he's like, in his mind, he feels like he's selling trees f at full price, but he's only giving half the product, no. which is classic Stingray. He's not even selling at full price. Triple the price. Oh, okay, but I'm willing to pay. In the size strapped, even at Tom's apartment, I haven't got... Because wherever you put a tree... You're bound to fall over it. End up looking like you're wrestling the swamp thing covered in baubles. Mm -hmm. It's not cool. 
But if you have half a tree that you can just nail to the wall, it absorbs less space. And they come in all kinds of colors. I'm not sure where he's getting these trees from. But good for him. Good for him, bro. He's representing every sphere Mm -hmm. of the uh, modern world. Anyway, with that, here he comes up fifth and main. It's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battlefriend all this week? So these are the new release highlights for the week, November 30th to December 6th, 2020. Listeners, these are out digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be region dependent. I'll tell you one thing. Many, many moons ago, I never used to be able to say the Stingray intro. And if they want to go listen to an episode where I fall over, go back to one of the very early episodes, I can't even read our own script. Um, have you That's picked me your... every day. Yeah, I think you're overly harsh on yourself. I don't think feel you're a fantastic bad. human being. Well, thank you. I try. Um, I don't know what my mummy mummy is. Uh, I do. I'll make it up as a go along as always. Have you got your <laughs> DVD v- VHS picked out? Sure do. Okay, I shall go first. It's Kronos before the Ashes, PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and the greatest console of all time in the history of the universe, the Stadia, December 1st. Kronos before the Ashes is an atmospheric RPG that chronicles a hero's lifelong quest to save their homeland from a great evil. Oh, this next one's my mummy mummy, actually. Mm, okay, go for it. I recommended it to Graham C. He was looking for recommendations for his PC. And I thought this would work wonderfully. It's Empire of Sin on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch out December 1st. Empire of Sin is a new strategy game brought to you by Romero Games and Paradox Interactive that puts you at the heart of the ruthless criminal underworld of the 1920s Prohibition era Chicago. In my opinion, Peaky Blinders game done right. Oh, my God. Yeah. What next? We got Twin Mirror, Lost on Arrival, PC, PS4, Xbox One, December 1st. Uh, embark on a twisting psychological journey through the struggles of homecoming and heartbreak and a narrative-driven branching adventure. Twin Mirror. Dive into the compelling emotional story of Sam, a 33-year-old man recovering from a recent breakup as he returns to his hometown of Brasswood, West Virginia, for the funeral of his best friend. Understandably depressed and bitter, he feels all out of sorts and out of place, but when he wakes up in a hotel room with a bloody shirt and a memory of his whereabouts, the previous night, he sets out to unravel the mystery and clear his name. That sounds fascinating. And no, I, haven't my, I haven't had my hands on it yet, but uh, it's not sounds been reviewing good. well, sadly. Mm. Um, up next, Worms Rumble, PC, PS5, PS4, December the 1st. And this is free with PSN for the month of December and PS5. So add it to your library, like all good PS uh, players do. Worms Rumbles. Uh, Worms Rumble is a Worms like you never played before with intense real-time arena-based 32-player cross-platform combat. Get ready for deathmatch and last worm standing modes where you're only ever a holy hand grenade <laughs> away from death. You ever played Worms before, Bobby? No. Oh, I think uh, you've probably missed that train. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> we got Sam and Max Save the World Remastered for PC and Switch December 2nd. Uh, the freelance police are back in a remastered version of their first season of episodic adventure games, lovingly updated by a small group of the original developers with the blessing of Santa Max creator Steve Pert. Um, well, the, or, the boys on Discord were talking about sort of successes to the Monkey Island franchise, and I would say... Uh, that's it, right? That's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the game they were talking of. I think it was Set Sail, um, which 
looks equally as exciting. I think he's on Xbox um, Games Pass, so a perfect place to try it out. Uh, up next, Death Tales on the Switch, December 3rd. Players, New Reaper, completing quests, collecting spells and gathering equipment to fight through hordes of enemies in this grim but whimsical 2D adventure. Next, we've got El Hijo, a Wild West tale, with PC and Stadia, December 3rd. El Hijo is an exciting spaghetti western stealth game in which you've got a six-year-old boy on his quest to find his mother. Listen, about the Stadia, right? My friend did it, the free trial. Yeah. On his phone. On oh, the Xbox controller. Yeah. Wow. Really? In his opinion, he said it's better than the uh, Xbox uh, what you call it? Game, um, Games Pass, Game Cloud. Yeah, he says it runs like crisp. Wow. He got um Odyssey. He's playing Odyssey on it. Mm-hmm. Looks looks good, dude. I mean, for the phone size, the yeah. image looks um looks incredible. So I, I'll, look, I'll, I'll do a little bit more next week. I've sort of tongue in cheek said the Stadia is the future of gaming, but one would argue if it's going to go all digital. You might as well go with the people that own the internet, which is Google. As I said before, mm-hmm. and this is no joke, they actually, obviously, there's lots of Google searches going on all the time on the internet, and there's lots of YouTube searches going on on the internet all of the time, and they're actually able to sneak into the transmission of stuff to Google, to people's returned Google searches. So your neighbor might be doing a Google search, but in there is a packet of data. That's how much of the internet Google and YouTube or the Google company controls now, that they can yeah. just drop a little packet of data in, which helps keep your uh, game stream mm-hmm. at a high it's, level. It's incredible. No one else can have that level of control. And and that's behind the scenes. We ought to do an episode on Stadia because I find that element of how it works absolutely fascinating. I'm down um, to learn. Yeah, me too. Um, and I, you know... I was thinking the other day, do I get a stadium? I mean, I'm tempted. I really am. Um, up next, I thought this, this was going to be your. Is it, it yours? Is. Then, it then, then take it, sir. Take it. Immortals: Phoenix Rising, PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadia, aka Gods and Monsters. They changed the name. Yes, uh, December third. Uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising uh, brings grand mythological adventure to life. Play as Phoenix, a new winged demigod on a quest to save the Greek gods. The fate of the world is at stake. You are the god's last hope. Wield the power of the god with Achilles' sword, Diagos' uh, wings to battle powerful enemies and solve ancient puzzles. Fight iconic mythical beasts like Cyclops and Medusa. Dynamic combat in the air, on the ground. Use your skills and diverse weapons, including self-guided arrows, telekinesis, and more. For devastating damage, discover a stylized world across seven unique regions inspired by the guns. If you can just imagine Odyssey mixed with Breath of the Wild, this is it. Oh, very much so. I've seen some side by side shots. It of, looks unbelievable. Yeah, uh, borderline copyright infringement. Yeah, I but, would. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Uh, <laughs> Morbid the Seven Acolytes PC, PS4, Xbox One and Switch December 3rd Morbid the Seven Acolytes is a horror punk action there's a new title we've not seen before a horror punk actioned RPG filled with Lovecraftian horrors and Cronenbergian gore making it the most gruesome take on the isometric souls-like genre yet uh, do you think there's time yeah, for would... a roguelike yet before the end of the show Bobby do you think we're going to see there a ha- roguelike there has to be 
this game was interesting, but I yeah. feel like nothing gets Lovecraft in heart correct, except for maybe Bloodborne was good. But Red I was, Diesel. Yeah, she's over there revving it up. <laughs> I always get excited for for them, but yeah. then they just seem to fall short. So well, we'll see. What's next? Uh, Phoenix Point Year One Edition, uh, PC December third. The highly anticipated new strategy game from the creator of XCOM. Fight tactical battles on uh, maps against the foe that adapt to your tactics. Manage diplomacy and economy on a global scale. Research, explore, overcome. Includes all previously released DLC. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Um, Shiren the Wanderer, the Tower of Fate, and Dice of Fate. The Tower of Fortune and the Dice of Fate. Forgive me. Out PC oh, here we the go. <laughs> The classic road-like wanders onto Steam. Adventure with Shiren the Wanderer and his sidekick Copper the Talking Ferret through a world filled with cunning monsters, deadly traps, and countless treasures. If you're unsure what game to develop next and you're a developer out there, probably Resk. Rest the roguelike, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Um, and any souls like souls, Soulsborne genre, like give it a rest, will you please? Mm-hmm. Uh, what next? Uh, Tinkertown. PC December 3rd. Uh, gather your friends and come to Tinkertown, a refreshing new multiplayer sandbox experience. Explore magical places with loot, danger, and creativity. Mm, okay. Up next, a game that's uh, well remembered um, the Commandos 2 HD remaster this time around on the Switch December 4th. Relive the real time tactics masterpiece that defined the genre like no other. Commandos 2 HD remaster is a true homage to one of great of gaming's greatest, most celebrated masterpieces. Up next, we got Dark, uh, complete edition for PC, PS4, Xbox One, December 4th. Dark or D A R Q tells the story of Lloyd, a boy who follows himself in the middle of a lucid nightmare. Unable to wake up, Lloyd has to face his fears and decipher the meaning of the dream. Wow. Sounds like me waking up with uh, cheese dreams after the back of the Thanksgiving dinner down at Astoria in the last episode. Uh, <laughs> next, Dragon Quest XI S, Echoes of an Elusive Age, Definitive Edition. PC, PS4, and Xbox One, December 4th. The Definitive Edition includes the critically acclaimed Dragon Quest XI Plus additional scenarios, an orchestral soundtrack, 2D mode, and more. Whether you're a long-time fan or a new adventurer, this is the ultimate Dragon's Quest XI experience. Next, we got FIFA 21 for the PS5 and Xbox Series X, December 4th. Bringing all that next-gen goodness to your next-gen console of choice, uh, be it hard-pumping, hard-thumping new visuals or sounds of the PS5 hunting feedback, or the push-pull physics, feel it all in FIFA 21. Mm. John Wick Hex, Xbox One and Switch, December 4th. John Wick Hex is a fast-paced, action-orientated strategy game that makes you think and strike like John Wick, the professional hitman of the critically acclaimed franchise. To me, the best John Wick game ever made is Hotline Miami. That is fantastic. I I don't want to speak ill of John Wick Hex, but when Hotline Miami is already on the scene, don't bother getting this game out, Mm. dude. Mm -hmm. You're just going to... You know, okay, whatever you need. Uh, oh, next, um, Bobby. Add in 21 for PS5 and Xbox Series X, December 4th. This year, we're excited for you to experience next level gaming as we bring EA Sports, Madden, NHL 21 to PlayStation 5, 
and Xbox Series X on December 4th. New innovations unlocked by the power of PS5 and Xbox Series X, like blazing fast load times, deferred lighting and rendering, enhanced animation technology, spatulized audio, and more will take football from vision to visceral, enabling you to feel next level every time you step onto the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one out of the boot before we pick our VHS picks for the week out of Stingray's boot. We've got Suzerain, PC, December 4th. As President Rain leads Swordland into ruin or repair during your first term in this text-based role-playing game. Navigate a political drama driven by conversations with your cabinet members and other significant figures. Beware or embrace corruption. Shirk or uphold ideals. How will you lead? Sounds pretty good, actually. So before we let him go, go sell some more 50% Christmas trees for triple the price. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. What's your VHS pick? Big Bad Mama. Big Bad Mama. (laughs) Nice. I like what you're doing. Andy Dickinson. I I need to go check that out. So maybe I can squeeze socially distance onto the sofa and we can watch it together. My uh, pick a choice after last week's and the week before's futuristic helicopter drama, I've had a few people reach out to me like, are you sure that was Airwolf? Like, yeah, that wasn't a cheese dream. That was legit. I I, I Google a little bit of it. Yeah. It's actually the pilot episode of the TV show, which ran for four seasons. Yeah. How it wow. got off the ground with that as a starter for 10, I do not know. Well, bro, what do you expect? It had everything in there. Come on, George. It's the greatest movie of all time. You're right. I'm what showcasing. movie have you watched that made it a TV series for four seasons? Knight Rider. Was it a movie, though? It had a pilot movie. How long was it? An hour? An hour and a half. All Same. right. Fair play. And it, it it's certainly better than this, than oh, Airwolf. Uh, I mean, I've tried to even watch the series and I've been like, this is just utter trash. We didn't have a lot of choice back in the day, did we? You know, no, which we is didn't. why you would sit down for an hour and watch this drivel. Night Rider no holds up, but Airwolf, the next episode after that pilot is one where he's like, there's this blonde-haired kid in China that's actually the pilot of a... Of a, a I mean, I can't even put into words what I'm witnessing. I can't even begin. If I struggled with the movie, I can't even put this first episode into words. I'm not... I was going to then, but I'm not even going to try because it's just okay. an absolute car crash. But my movie my movie of choice, my VHS of pick this week, because uh, I think people are pretty airwolfed out uh, for, <laughs> by me anyway, uh, is going to be... Gladiator, Russell Crowe. Are you not yeah. entertained? I cried in that movie. I don't think I'd cry, but I cried. Uh, and it tells to me when he walks through the fields with his hands touching the uh, the grass. Tears. When he enters Elysium. Question: mm-hmm. Why haven't Ubisoft and the Assassin's Creed team done a game set in Rome yet? I thought that's where they were heading when they did Origins, Odyssey, See, and then they I... did Valhalla. I thought so too, but like I was telling my friends, the problem is you did Odyssey. So if you go to Rome, it's basically the same style, right? It's be it's almost like Odyssey 2.0 now because it's the mm-hmm. same. So it, they could either or, 
it would have been cool to see some Roman gods in, involved instead of Greek, because there's so many Greek gods. And I think Norse it would have been it would have been cool. They could have done a full retread of Gladiator. You know, how cool would it have been to have been like a peasant who got kidnapped to be a gladiator who rose up to kill the king, and meanwhile, you know, he's part of the issue. Or you know, come on, bro, that was waiting for you to do that. Shall I give it one of my classic, you know, I've designed some games in our podcast. Do it, bro. Please do it. In the daytime, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the greatest gladiator game ever made is that uh, Shadow of Rome on the PS2. If you haven't played that, you need to get you need to get your grubby mitts on it, Bobby. It's beautiful. <clears throat> beautiful game. Anyway, with that, the boot shut, he slipped off. I'm left clutching a rather worn VHS copy of The Gladiator, which probably the tracking doesn't settle down until just before the end of the film. You're clutching Big Mama, uh, which is probably a very bad DVD rip. And in the middle of it, uh, Abe Lincoln stands up to obscure probably most of the screen because it's a dodgy cam copy. Even though the film's been out years, he's still peddling that same cam copy. I've decided to grab a 50% Christmas tree. It tripled the price as well. I've added it to the uh, tab. Those that pay for one, you might as well. Those that pay- think of the money that you save on baubles as well. So it's worth paying triple the price for 50% off the baubles. They go oh, for amazing. you know. Guy's a salesman, natural. And listen, he also gives you a piece of pine, a piece of wood from the tree that mm-hmm. you can put on your radiator. It smells like fresh pine in your hands. Oh, I was hoping he'd just give me a green magic tree, a car air freshener, same thing. Basically. And some pine bleach for the toilet. Mm-hmm. Make Christmas come alive in your bathroom <laughs> with pine fresh bleach disinfectant. Sponsored by... <clears throat> <laughs> the Unofficial Controller Podcast. <laughs> Uh, before we slip away, those that paid attention at the top of the show, and let's face it, at this point in time, this has been one hell of a bike ride for Odders because he can't go home until he's burnt those calories, okay? Yeah. Because he's got Christmas coming up, and that's a whole other winter-based feast. Those that paid attention are going to want me to ask you what you're hoping to play. Maybe just keep playing uh, Valhalla. Mm-hmm. And then in and you know in and out, play some bugs and I see if I can finish that up before the year's over. Oh, I think that's uh, I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm hoping to just I'm not I don't know if I am or not. You can probably speak more to this than I can, but I'm just wanting to get Valhalla done. I want to get the main story finished, and then I'm I'll move on with my life. There's so many other things to play. I feel a little bit restrained. Oh, I did play some coaster works, which I forgot at the top of the show. A planet coaster. I keep calling it coaster works, which is an aged PS2 game, which it is not. It's fantastic. It's a real class act. The music's fantastic. The gameplay's interesting. It's a little bit simplistic, but um, this is in the tutorial sections where they're teaching you how to take over a park, run it, blah, 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 and do something Mm. good with it. But the individual theming of each area that you can do, the level of detail you can add to adding like special effects to the ride and props for the queues. It's fantastic. It really is. And, you know, you can zoom right in on the ground level and see what they're seeing. And you can get, you know, like every theme park game from theme park on the original PlayStation and PC through to roller coaster tycoon and everything in between. But don't get me wrong. Planet coasters is the, hmm, 
yeah, that's the right name, Planet Coaster. <laughs> it is the epitome of it's. It's almost a shining high point. They've learned everything from all their predecessors and they've put it all together into one package. Can't really say enough about it. Fantastic. Um, one would imagine, Bobby, if that's you telling me what you're hoping to play and me telling you what I'm hoping to play, there's really only time for one thing left. And that's all we have time for this week. Listeners, as always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Bobby. See you later. Have a good one. Hi, it's George here from the Unofficial Controller Podcast. Just taking a moment to, first of all, thank you for listening. It means a hell of a lot to us. Secondly, every week we bring you free content, the latest news, the new releases, a feature of note, normally something to do with games or gaming past, be it one of our history of documentaries or an insight into the industry itself or how games have affected us as people. Well, yes, we incorporate you listeners into that. All we ask is that you drop a little comment on our post on social media and you can get featured on the show. Hey, do you know what? You may even win a prize. The only charge for this is zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars. That's right. No money. But all we ask is that you like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you found this show. And if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, tell a friend, get them to do the same. We have a Discord that's free for you guys to all join in and get involved in. And the community on Instagram and Twitter is alive and thriving. So don't be a lonely gamer. Make yourself known. Thank you. And now it's time to begin this week's entertainment. Take care, guys.